player. And at that time, you know, anybody who, who was not from the Soviet Union and being on the top was quite an exceptional case. Also, um, you know, Fischer, um, Fischer was fighting at every game, every move, which was mm, a, a great departure from, you know, the traditions of the 60s, you know, or more quiet uh, positional chess. And, and things were some sort of predetermined. And then Fischer, you know, uh, comes out of the blue and just uh, beats everybody. Then he disappears again in 1967. He just he, he drops chess for three years. Then he comes back in 1970, and then uh, he he began winning all the tournaments. I think it was more of the of the his presence at the board. Did, have you ever had an encounter with him of any no, kind? No, never, never met him. Uh, when he quit chess in 1972, he played the last official match. I was nine years old. Uh, but I, already quite good. No, I was. I, 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 I made the first category, which was pretty good by the Soviet standards, and that's why I remember the atmosphere among the chess players. And it's, it's for us, you know, it's, it's, it was a, a great trademark. If Fisher played such opening, that was really good recommendation. So I, I, I belong to a generation that learned from Fisher, mm -hmm. and I think you know Fisher, some in, as I say, in capsule, you know, he, he ended up a great period of chess. So he. He was the uh, leader of few generations uh, that, were, that was culminated in, in, this, this in, in, in early 70s. So Karpov was already a new generation. But Gary, you, you're quoted somewhere as saying, if I, if I remember correctly, that uh, Bobby Fischer created modern chess, but to some extent he, or, he also dis destroyed it, that he had a destructive uh, uh, influence on the game. He, yeah, but I think... He, he, he had a complex personality, <laughs> and I, and I think being alone, you know, fighting, fighting the Soviet chess school, and and for him it was fighting the rest of the world. I think as being on this, um, as, you know, self-imposed crusade, I think he, he put his own mind, you know, uh, on uh, a blaze, and I think he couldn't handle it eventually. But m madness in one form or another is not unique to, to Fischer in, in chess. You've had, what, Alekhin and Akiba Rubinstein? No, I don't think Nimzovich, Alekhin. not exactly I, personalities that you um, look, want I, your uh, daughter to marry. Yeah, obviously, but, when, you, you know, when you look at the great literature, you know, when you read Nabokov, Lusion's Defense, or Stefan Zweig, you know, chess novel, mm -hmm. you can get ideas about chess players being, you know, sometimes, you know, in the outer space. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, um, and of course, you know, Fisher, you, you have Morphy if you go, you know, back to the 19th century, then uh, Akiba Rubinstein. No, I don't think that you can, you can add a look into this list. So but, but, but chess yeah. players are, to some extent, dislodged from a normal path of school and, and taken out of the stream. Is, is there something about yeah, the game and the intense concentration? As well concentration? as scientists. And, uh, well. Yeah, uh, some of them, you know, couldn't, couldn't sustain such pressure. Because you, you have to, you know, you have to go through uh, always you know, millions of moves, you know, um, complications, you know, some, some jungles, intellectual jungles, and you can get lost there. And uh, Fisher was one of them. He couldn't, he, he simply couldn't handle it. Also, I think he, you know, I don't know how, but he learned about, you know, the outside world from, you know, some strange perspectives. I, um, I remember that I uh, spoke to Sam Ruszewski, uh, uh, just, you know, it was in 1990 or 1991, just, you know, a year before, before he died. And he told me about his encounters with Fisher. 
And in Italy in 1970, they, they, they spent a few days in Palma de Mallorca uh, in the Interzonal. That was the beginning of Fischer's uh, uh, rise to the top. He won Interzonal, three candidate matches, and then the World Championship match. And a few days before the tournament, they arrived early and they spent together. And uh, uh, Fischer was very open with, with him. And, uh, uh, and Sammy was quite surprised because they always had bad relations. You know, they were quite different. You know, Sammy was you know, a strict religious Jew, and uh, Fischer was different. And <laughs> also, I, you know, as far as I understand, he's also Jewish, but that's. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, Fischer was quite excited one, one day and said, Sammy, I, will, uh, I was reading a great book. And Ruszewski, you know, he expected something, you know, unorthodox. He says, what book? He says, Mein Kampf. Yes. Yeah. It's a real conversation stopper. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a real conversation. Yeah. And uh, also, I think that when, uh, after Fischer won this match, and he, you know, he, he beats Pasky, and it's, it was a very convincing victory. Uh, in volume four, you know, it's of my great predecessors. I dedicated you know, half, of this book, uh, half of this volume to Fisher, And I, I tried to actually analyze his games and find out whether, you know, the, 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 there were something beyond the chessboard, or whether Fisher had, you know, psychological power and the players couldn't resist, you know, his presence at the board. But I came to the conclusion that, you know, his chess was too dominant. So they, they, there was so much pressure, there was so much energy, you know, in his games that even Spassky, who was, you know, at, at his height at that time, Spassky was 35, so mm -hmm. just it's a great age for a chess player, he couldn't resist. And, um, yeah, and uh, after winning the match, I think Fischer, Fischer couldn't force himself back to the chessboard because he couldn't afford, in his mind, to make a mistake. When he played his later games, and there were a few matches that he played, he some played exhibitions only, only here, once how, how was his game then, later on? Uh, they played another match with Spassky in this war-torn Yugoslavia in 1992, right. but... What was the level of chess like uh, at that point? Same as in 1972, but it was 20 years later. And yeah. science, and, uh, science had marched it, on. It looked, it, it looked outdated for me, so it's... Really? Uh, uh, yeah, there were some, some, you know, glimpses of genius, but the average level, by the standards of 1992, was um, quite average. And I think Fisher. You know, whether he's mad or not, but I think he was quite objective by recognizing that his strengths diminished. And so he decided not to play anymore. Gary, Muhammad Ali and other fighters have, have, have often talked about, they, go back, they have a great historical sense of their own game. And they watch films and they figure out who they could beat easily and who not. And Ali would always talk, could I beat Rocky Marciano and, and so on. When you look at your great predecessors, who would you have the most trouble with? Uh, and why? I, I'm not a big fan of comparing different times, different epochs, different geniuses. Because so you think the game continues to go? Yeah, absolutely. It's just accumulate uh, in its knowledge. You know, it's like comparing Einstein and Newton. You know, it's Fisher played. It was close to me, so I said I was just already, you know, already a first category player, also being only nine years old. But, but still, it's a very different time. You know, it's Karpov already uh, uh, started. You know, from my perspective, a new era in chess. So, and that's why probably Fisher, I wouldn't say was scared, but I think Fisher was not comfortable by facing Karpov because Karpov played different kind of chess. Learning from Fisher, so every every generation adds a lot from the previous generation, but it's 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 some sort of a new uh, new um, uh, mixture, and uh, um, trying to figure out what would be the score if. 
Karpov uh, would have met Capablanca. Mm -hmm. I think it's wrong because if we take just, just Capablanca's genius and give him some time in, in, in uh, um, later days to learn chess, that will not be Capablanca. That might be another Karpov. Because Capablanca's genius you know, was planted in 20s and 30s. And that was the genius we knew. So if we try to move this genius to 70s, 80s, 90s, that would be another player. Because the general knowledge of chess dramatically increased. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Describe your youth and, and becoming a chess player as a kid. I think most uh, Americans probably in, in popular culture, if they know anything about uh, kids in chess, they've seen, uh, the, what's the film called? Searching for Bobby Fischer or, 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 or other such things where you have the kind of wise Washington Square Park older guy playing with the very little genius kid on you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, you, you grew up in the classical period of, of Soviet chess academies. What was it like to be a child in, in one of those places and in the provinces too? You weren't, it was not Moscow and, until it later on. It was Baku, but it was the fourth city in the Soviet Union after Moscow, Leningrad, Kiev. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's, it probably was served you know, in, in cultural terms, might be even ahead of Kiev, because of two waves of immigration during the Civil War and also World War II. And, Many people actually were shifted down south, right. so just from German invasion. Uh, so Baku had great cultural tradition, and we had pretty good, not, not uh, uh, exceptional chess traditions, uh, but because of this, this multi-ethnic culture in, in, in our city, which was a typical melting pot, unlike uh, in many other capitals, like in Yerevan, Belisi, and others in neighboring Ge Armenia and Georgia, uh, Baku was what would call imperial outpost. You know, mm -hmm. The Russian was mm -hmm. a key language, and, and, and it, was, you know, it was quite natural that everybody spoke Russian, and uh, even people of different nationalities. Um,